0: Buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks like the movie theater mozzarella sticks, which are full of so much cheese and they're so shitty, but you can't stop eating them because they're so, so good. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And joining me as usual is our other good movie buddy, The Canadian Machine. Mr. David Melhorn, coming to you from a random hotel room in the heart of Orlando, Florida. David, how are you doing tonight?
1: You know, I'm enjoying Orlando in its full touristy glory.
0: And it's for full Orlando-ness?
1: It's, you know, it's a humid day. There's a lot of people out.
0: It's not that humid. It's pretty ni- It's actually pretty nice out, even you have to admit.
1: No, it's pretty humid. Really? It's pretty humid. It's just not hot, so you don't notice so it. You as don't know.
0: You don't notice it. Um, so, for those of you, so as 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 mentioned, we are coming to you. This is our third remote podcast, I believe, our third one. We've done episodes in San, San Diego, Diego and Boston, Boston, and now here. So, if the audio is a little bit wonky or a little bit different than usual, it's Rick's fault. It's my fault. It's because we're in a hotel room and. Uh, and it actually is 100% my fault.
1: And it is 10 o'clock, so if the neighbor starts banging on the, the wall because Rick's talking too loud. It's a Saturday
0: Ed. night. If anybody's banging on my wall in Orlando at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, then I got two words for them. Anyways, being that we are in the capital of tourist attractions and lowest common denominator at entertainment and pretty much the best people watching that you could find we decided that to do this episode we needed to see something truly special and david you and i debated on what we wanted to record when we were here in florida we did we talked about doing another oscar podcast which we will be doing david's already looking at clips of 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 what we're going to be talking about we talked about doing um And seeing Only the Brave, which is, you know, obviously very close to home for us, being from Arizona. Uh, But something happened this weekend in that we had some, like, historically terrible movies come out. Just brutal. Rotten Tomatoes brutalized them. And so we decided to make this particular episode a celebration of great Bad movies, and I think you were just as excited as me on that in that respect.
1: Absolutely. There's a, you know, we're we're getting close to that time of year where all those prestige films come out. You know, all the ones going after the Oscars. So you know, it's nice to be able to go to a movie and expect a movie to be bad, right? But be like, you know, I want some popcorn. I'm ready to watch a train crash, a train wreck.
0: We had, and there was no, and by no means was this no easy decision either, because we didn't have one shitty movie come out this weekend. We didn't have two shitty movies come out this weekend. We had three big release garbage movies come out, all sub 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so you and I decided we're going back to, to the roots, we're going back to the 90s, the 90s throwback, and we saw Geostorm, which, as we'll get into, is absolutely ridiculous. But before we do that, we wanted to make this episode a celebration, you know, of great movies, of, of great movies, of great bad movies, <laughs> which one could argue are great movies. But there is certainly a place in this world for movies that are not critically accepted. They're not critically acclaimed. And yet they're still so, so good. And that leads us to sort of the first question, which is what makes a bad movie great versus what makes a bad movie just bad? And... You and I are big fans of Bill Simmons and we're big fans of The Ringer. We're readers of The Ringer. Uh, And if you don't know The Ringer, it's pop culture, it's news, it's politics, it's sports, but it's mostly sports and pop culture. And they decided that there were three aspects to what made a a bad movie great. And what they decided is it has to be, there has to be a level of enjoyability in its badness. Like, is it? fun bad or is it just bad bad number two there has to be a genuine effort by the filmmakers to make something good like it can't just be like this is where i think sharknado does not count no because sharknado is not trying to be good no ever nor are any of those sci-fi shitty movies um and then lastly it has to be a critical failure like it just has to be as as we've discussed, it has to bomb with the critics and they have to hate it. Now, I think there's more to that, personally speaking. Those are certainly great guidelines, um, but I kind of want to break it down further. And we are certainly going to talk about uh, <laughs> this movie and what makes it. But I feel like there are several key components to what make a bad movie great. And first and foremost, it's the script and the dialogue. I think that the script has to be so outlandish, even if it's such a simple premise. It has to do absolutely bonkers things. Take, for example, Anaconda. A group of people are hunted by a, sn- a killer snake. That's not that crazy. But then when the snake does the crazy things the snake does, and when the snake, like... Like roars Then we start getting into some crazy shit And then the same thing with the dialogue I feel like the dialogue Has to be a key component to this How do you feel about that? How do you What are some of the What are some of the things that you think So I started with the script I started with the dialogue I think you gotta have really Terrible lines that are great But what are some of the other things that you think Make a bad movie great?
1: Well I think think dialogue definitely plays a part in it In that the lines are memorable because they're so corny whatever you want to top over right. the top like they're trying to be like give this epic, epic speech or they're trying to like or they're trying to be really smart you know be really smart or do like a catchy little punchline or phrase and it's just doesn't land at all no. and just comes off as terribly corny um but i also think um, the unrealistic scenes play a big part in it. For sure. Like, you know, some of the explosions, way that things transpire, how situations come into play, and there was right. a lot of them in, uh, <laughs> in Geostorm. But it's not that we're looking for, like when we see a sci-fi movie, we understand like some things are going to be used liberally because you're in this world that, things are possible that aren't possible today so right you have to make some things up but when you depart so far from just basic rules of science <laughs> and technology
0: physics just literally just
1: the way the world works things where it's like they seem to have made something a certain way just to fit the movie like. Yes you just have to accept this because that's how we create drama in this film or that's how we make this happen. Right. So, and, and again, there's lots of fun ones we're going to talk about from Geostorm. Oh, for sure. Those are, those are some of the ones I think from that. And I think also it seems like in pretty much every one of these movies, you can sit there and we did it a lot tonight in Geostorm (laughs) and basically predict what's about to happen. Right. Like it's, Pretty much follows a similar script uh-huh. and you're like, you know, oh, this guy is going to be the bad guy right. or nailed it. this is about to happen. Nailed and it. it's pretty much like clockwork that it happens and it almost gives you a sense of enjoyment. It, yeah. You, you know?
0: know, like there is a sense of enjoyment in like you have expectations, even if they're low, you know, because there's a difference between like having high expectations for a movie that you think is going to blow your Blow your your brains out. With being as amazing as it is, like you know, expectations for like the new Avengers movie, those are different than expectations for a shitty movie. A shitty movie, you have expectations for it to fit cliches sure and when it fits those cliches you're just like ah there it is you know yeah. it's it, it just is satisfying um and i think that bleeds into the characters i mean a lot of it all of it is in the storytelling to be honest with you and how the storytelling tries to be earnest or tries to do different things but it it just can't help it and i think having convoluted ridiculous characters are a massive part of that um whether they be some over the top villain or whether they be some hacker guy that just is like spouting off bullshit that doesn't make any sense in the world of computers in general but it just fits like they fit archetypes you know like a really great example you know, I mean just think about think about like the the main characters of certain terrible movies you know like you think of like showgirls and the main character's like the stripper with the heart of gold. You know, you think of like Roadhouse and he's a, he's a bouncer who has like a PhD in, in psychology. Like get the fuck out of here with that. You know, it's, it's these characters that are like, oh, they're so interesting. And, and this is what makes them so interesting, but it's, it's, they're they're not interesting. They're just goofy and, and they that bite and you know in a weird circular kind of way makes them interesting again i mean think about like great example uh triple x vin diesel he's a secret agent but he's also an extreme sports superstar or i mean there's just so many um <laughs> Over the top, he's a truck driver, but he's also a competitive arm wrestler. Like, are you fucking kidding me with these characters?
1: And he's also like this estranged dad, you know. Right, right, right. You're trying to like pull at the tug's heartstrings, but your climax is an an arm wrestling championship.
0: Championship where like the motivational speech is turning your hat backwards yes you know or, or and it doesn't have to be main characters either it can be supporting characters like a great example is congo and tim curry in congo is absolutely amazing in that movie he's terrible and his romanian accent is absolutely insane but he is amazing or like wild wild west you have Multiple Academy Award nominee Kenneth Branagh playing a southern racist, white, crazy person who doesn't have the lower half of his body riding on a giant metal tarantula. What is happening? And they're, those are all shitty things, but they're so shitty that they're so, so good. And I love and, you know, that kind of feeds into acting as well. I think I think one of your favorite parts is uh, is how terrible some of these performances are that they become endearing.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're we both have a soft spot from this and I won't get into it too much because I know we're going to talk about some of our favorites. Mm -hmm. But Street Fighter Legend of Chung Lee. Charlie Nash. Uh,
0: Freaking Chris Klein. You can't make you can't make
1: up. Obviously, someone did make him up, but you you couldn't have made up more cheesy lines than some of the things that he says oh, in that amazing.
0: movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, and I feel like the last thing that makes a good movie bad is that it manages to both be completely and totally expected, like you said, but also unexpected at the same time. Like, I mean... Great example, and I, I know I keep going back to this, but Anaconda is a great example of, like, you expect the bad guy to be eaten. But what you don't expect is the bad guy to get vomited back out and then <laughs> wink at you. That we're taking a turn yes. really badly, you know. Or, like, in these in these disaster films, you know. Like, you expect for certain characters to die but you don't expect for them to die in the ways that they die. Or you expect for certain people to do certain things, but you don't expect the level at which it's unless until like two seconds away. Like in this movie, there were a couple things where it's like they set it up, they set up, they set up, and then something happens. And you and I both turn, turn to each other and we're like, this is going to happen. And three seconds later it happens. Yep. Um, And that's just delightful. I mean, that's just what. The expected and the unexpected, it's, it's I know this is going to happen, but they find a way to make it interesting enough that it's it's like it's it. But it's also like not even clever. It's just crazy.
1: Yep.
0: Whether it be the introduction of a random rocket launcher for no reason <laughs> or like, you know, a great example is like uh, Thomas Jane's version of the Punisher. Like, the way that he kills... Like, you know he's going to kill John Travolta by the end of the movie. But the way that he kills him is like, Jesus Christ. We've, right? we've gone to a whole nother level. <laughs> and so that, you know, that sort of brings me to... I want to talk about our favorite terrible movies. Because you and I are both aware that we love our shitty movies. A lot of people are aware that we love our shitty movies. And this is, you know... This goes into the sort of the main philosophy of the popcorn diet. Like this is a no judgment zone. Like we unabashedly love these movies. Like these are great movies that I'll watch in a heartbeat. That doesn't make them good. We can, I feel like we can objectively say whether or not something is good and whether or not we like it, right? Absolutely. So I want to start with you. I want to hear some of your favorite bad movies of all time.
1: Well there's there's uh there's a couple that uh that were left off so I mean it's it's difficult to choose but I tried to get a nice mixture of of types of films sure. in here so uh an honorable mention was Triple X I'm not going to talk about it much but so, do we really need to it, I think its it's work stands for itself <laughs> um and I would call the first one the best of them because it was like a good bad movie whereas the follow-up ones were just bad were just bad yeah Yeah.
0: i mean it's still it came out the height height of vin diesel it came out at the height of like metal rap rock like a a the
1: sound it was like the time of film where like you had those movies that were like so driven by like the soundtracks a lot like, of
0: eastern european metal music for sure <laughs>
1: like you know matrix used a lot of it mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. and like it was uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure for yeah sure. no so. one
0: remembers the matrix soundtrack but they remember the matrix soundtrack
1: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so but my some of my favorites um first off we've talked about it a little bit already street fighter legend of chung Li. You know, we had a Street Fighter movie that I think a lot of people have a soft spot for and you heard that they were going to do some more Street Fighter movies and the first one was going to be The Legend of Chun-Li. Right. So you, you know, for all of us that love Street Fighter, we were excited about this new franchise being right. revitalized. And I think I saw it opening weekend.
0: Oh my God.
1: And when I saw it, It started out like this is terrible. Like (laughs) and then it got to a point where it was like, this is amazing because it's so terrible. It's so terrible. Like, how how can you say these lines with a straight face? Uh, Like, he walks through raindrops.
0: It's so good. Like, again, shout out to Chris Klein's Charlie Nash because just it's like Christmas came early this year. Like, I love my job. If you haven't
1: done it and you want to spend a great four minutes of your life. Yes. Go on YouTube. A well-spent four minutes. And look up the Charlie Nash Legend of Chung Lee montage and you will not regret it's it. It's so good. It is amazing. So that's that's got to be on my list. Okay. Next one, I'm going to a comedy, which sometimes comedies I don't feel like you can put on there. Because, like, they were meant to be stupid. Comedy's
0: like, really hard, yeah. You can't
1: put, like, scary movie on there, you know, like, things like right, that. Right,
0: because it's a different type. Comedy has so many different types. But I would put this
1: one in there, and, and maybe it doesn't count, so you had my triple X as my extra one. Okay. I, I put Zoolander in there, and the reason I put right. Zoolander in there is because the first time I watched Zoolander, I thought it was just retarded. <laughs> like... I walked out. Just lowest I, common denominator. I left that movie being like, "That was a giant waste of ninety minutes." Yeah. And then I watched it again, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those movies that I think you have to lower your intelligence level, sure, to actually enjoy. So, I don't know if it fits in this category, but I wanted to give it mention. All right. Next one, I've got to have my boy in it. You, if you haven't learned, I have some actors that i'm a huge fan of yes and there's one in particular that likes to do these types of movies and his name is jason statham
0: yeah wow and he's almost the king of these movies the
1: movie is cellular
0: (laughs) yes uh, yes
1: i love cellular chris evans chris evans jessica biel oh my god Kim basinger
0: kim basinger academy award winner right kim basinger
1: and the premise behind it is just so awesome. Crazy.
0: And it's almost like it could have been a Hitchcock movie. You
1: get the rare occurrence of Statham as a bad guy, which is always enjoyable. Very you much get to so. see guys in a different role. And it's just as ridiculous as you'd
0: think. So I love Cellular. If you haven't seen Cellular, it's a woman's kidnapped uh, and the phone in the room that she's kidnapped gets shattered. So she randomly like hits wires together and ends up calling some... Bros cell phone. and it's a Nokia, obviously, obviously and and it's like this kind of Hitchcockian, although really shitty Hitchcock <laughs> where he's got to help her, but he knows nothing about her. and she's he's his only he's her only hope and stuff. And it's, I mean, again, this is where it gets hard. like, I think that's a great movie, but it's not a good movie. I love that movie.
1: I love that movie, too. That's a great
0: pick. Good good call on that one. And honorable
1: mention to Cellular, if we're sticking with Jason Statham, is... um, Like
0: 17 other movies.
1: The Transporter. The original. Right. Like, there's some super corny lines, especially by the bad guy in that movie, who's, like, over-the-top, like, sleazy bad guy. Matt Schultz. Shout-out
0: to... Fast and Furious, Vince.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Matt
0: Schultz is a, sort of a recurring theme in some of yours, And I and,
1: and thank you for your segue into Boom. my second-to-last one, which is Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and I only count the first Fast and the Furious in this because I feel like anytime you're a sequel, like you can't count because it's obviously somewhat of a money grab because sure. your first film did well. There's so a like, certain
0: level of awareness with the sequel.
1: Exactly, whereas Fast and the Furious like we were listening to a clip from it right before the tuna sandwich scene it's amazing and it's iconic. some of the lines in there and even like the first uh like dude i totally had you and you it's never like, had me you didn't have your car <laughs> Like some of the lines, I mean, come on. And
0: that's, but it's the characters too. It's he's a street racing like superstar, but also maybe a criminal. And it's like, what?
1: Which, which we've talked about how it was like the modern day point break. It is
0: the modern day point break. So,
1: um, and then last but certainly not least,
0: Deep Blue Sea. Oh. The second greatest shark movie ever made. second greatest shark movie ever made. <laughs> Maybe third now. I'm not sure. The sh- I fanta- enjoyed The Shallows. Some
1: fantastic lines from LL Cool J. Yes. We don't get enough LL Cool we J don't. In, in movies like that. LL
0: Cool J always walks away the MVP of whatever movie he's in, oddly enough.
1: His great line, "The though I walk through the valley of the, the shadow, shadow of, of death. death. I
0: will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they for me. Cause I got a big stick And I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley Like Exactly Oh it's so good And then you got the
1: way Samuel
0: Jackson Or
1: uh Yeah Samuel yeah, Jackson, Samuel Jackson. Was out in that movie All timer Where you think he's about to do this like epic speech And then all of a sudden like Just gets Ate by the giant Fake ass CGI looking shark shark. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 just pure gold.
0: I remember seeing Deep Blue Sea in the theaters with my dad. You're damn right I did. I remember it got four stars in the Arizona Republic <laughs> because that movie's dumb as shit. That movie doesn't make any sense, and it is the best. Like, it's the best. It's so good. And a good R-rated Shark Attack movie that is, like, filled with half-decent actors, half-decent. Yeah. And, and it has people getting torn apart I'm in Absolutely On all of those
1: Absolutely So those, those, those are
0: mine That's a great That's a solid list um, So mine uh, I mean mine are actually very similar um, Except I don't have any comedies on here But I do have a, uh, a couple of really great ones here So instead of Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li I have the original Street Fighter mm-hmm. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme And we've said this before And I'll say it again Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter is should be in the American Film Registry. It is it is a beautiful piece of cinema. <laughs> it contains one of the best performances in a terrible movie with Raul Julia as M Bison and just some amazing dialogue like the whole like to you when M Bison visited your village it was the most important day of your life to me it was a Tuesday. Like that's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing stuff, and Jean Claude Van Damme gives that great speech. Who wants to go home, and who wants to come with me? That whole speech is amazing. Like, I and and it it doesn't quite reach the legendary level of Chris what Chris Klein does in the Legend of Chun Li. So you got to give love to him again, but it's so good. It is a great Street Fighter movie with very very little street fighting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely love it. Uh, the next one I have on my list is Last Action Hero, which I contend is an actual great film. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwartz, I mean, talk about taking all of the action tropes and pinning and spinning them on their head, turning them on their side, uh, taking the henchman and making him the main villain, like th- the whole the 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 Ripper with the, with the axe with that crazy that axe that shouldn't exist. Like those types of things, all of the corny lines. There are some that I still don't get, like like Do you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres, and he kicks him in the balls. I still don't get that joke, and I'm thirty, thir- I'm thirty, I'm thirty one, and I don't get that joke. But that's like I still love that movie. The soundtrack, ACDC, all of it, fantastic. Um, the next one I have, I've brought up already. Uh, You and I have very fond memories of this franchise, but I'm bringing up the original Anaconda with John Voight. Kind of going back to LL Cool J here. Ice Cube showing up and being the cool black guy Mm -hmm. who survives. And not only survives, but actually ends up killing the snake.
1: Yeah, because, you know, normally if we're going by the cliche ways like and they make fun of it in in movies all the time right. about it's always the black guy it's always that the black guy killed, that dies gets killed first
0: and in this one and in this one he he put he and he's the one who kills the snake with the killing blow
1: and it's amazing
0: it is amazing but like john void is on another level in that movie <laughs> he's in a whole different world and he's great in it and also we got to give a shout out to anaconda's anacondas curse of the blood orchid or whatever the hell it's called you and i saw that movie together we saw that movie in the theaters and we were like the only people in the theaters like four other people in the theater and there's a dude in that movie who is just He's like, the whole movie's filled with young 20 something people. And then he's like in a boat wearing a Hawaiian shirt, Jimmy Buffett style.
1: Absolutely. They might as well have cast Jimmy Buffett. It should
0: have been Jimmy Buffett. And he's literally like, I don't even remember what his part was. Like he was trying to find the group. And he's just, "Um, I'm driving my boat. And then he's dead. And then he dies. And it's like, oh no, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, it's too bad. Good times with the Anaconda franchise. Um, I'm going to also put on there the Punisher Warzone uh because that movie embraces what the Punisher should be
1: because you're one of the like 200 people that saw that movie the Punisher after Warzone the,
0: first one. the Punisher Warzone is legit all right it is so bloody super bloody it is super violent and it contains one of the, two of the greatest villain performances Maybe ever and when I say greatest I mean great in a terrible terrible way, but you have uh, you have McNulty Dominic West as uh, as Jigsaw mm-hmm. and then you have um, Hutchinson Doug Hutchinson who for those of you who don't know he was the Psychotic guard in the Green Mile he was Percy he's been in some other things But everybody knows him as Percy in the Green Mile and he plays Jigsaw's brother Looney Ben Jim And they are insane together. Absolutely insane. And they're fantastic and I love them. And then last but certainly not least, I'm going to throw, we're doing a little bit of a throwback here. I'm going to throw it out to Roadhouse. Peak Swayze. Swayze. Bigfoot is in that movie, The Monster Truck. I was into monster trucks when I was a kid. (laughs) And when I saw that Bigfoot was in this movie and and actually they got him to drive over the cars, like i'm into it not to mention the fact that this roadhouse like kick-started puberty for me in a big bad way straight re- straight red-blooded american male here peak man and swayze some like blondes with fake boobs everywhere like what what can you do what can you do when you're when you're 12 13 11 i don't even remember how old i was but what can you do you can't do anything and it's amazing that movie's amazing That that movie has a line from the main henchman that says, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. That is fucking crazy, David. (laughs) That line is insane. That line has a whole different movie you could make (laughs) off of that line, which, by the way, lest I remind you, is then followed by a throat rip. Come on. Come
1: on. Iconic ways to to kill someone. Throat (laughs) rip. Just... (laughs) Rip it out.
0: (laughs) It's so good. Oh my God. Not to mention the whole bouncer with a PhD in psychology. And like the this bouncer is oh he's legendary. You're Dalton. Legendary. Sam Elliott, amazing in it. So I mean, I can't even Roadhouse is amazing. (laughs) And it's also insane and terrible and and bad in all of the best ways. And that brings us to the movie du Jour. The movie that we just got out of scene. The movie that we saw in a theater that was unreasonably full. Crazy. Full. I was genuinely shocked at how full the theater for Geostorm was. It was nearly a full house.
1: For a 550 showing. For a 550 on a, s- on a... Disney Springs. It is a Saturday. It is I did Saturday. For
0: Our 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 days kind of blend together when we're out on the road like this over the weekend. But it was full of people. And I am venture to say that this is not nearly as iconic of a terrible, of a great, terrible movie as I think it maybe wishes it was. <laughs> um, like, this movie absolutely sucks, right? Like, this is not a great film. This no. is not even a good film.
1: No. It's meant to be a disaster film. Right. It's, a, it's, it's
0: kind of a throwback to the Independence Days and then the Days After Tomorrow and no. the... 2012s and things like that the and the day
1: the earth stood still.
0: Exactly, like all like literally anytime like it's man versus nature. Yep. And it's not good. It's not good at all. Even go back to like good old uh Volcano. Volcano Dante's Peak. Yep. Volcano. Oh, you want to talk about a great bad movie? Volcano, volcano is amazing. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee and Hesh. Come oh, on! It was. What are we? What I do, still watch that
1: movie if it's randomly on TV. I'll sit there and watch it.
0: One hundred percent. But this movie is not good. This yeah. is not a good movie. But it's also kind of amazing, right? I mean, uh, am I? I had a fantastic time. I, I'm not off base with that. Nope. It is. It is. So let's let's start with the characters. Give me a couple of your. Obviously, number one. There are so many characters in this movie that literally we're 30 minutes in and then we're introduced to another character and I'm not even sure who they are like I don't I literally could you name me three names from the movie Five maybe three I could do three.
1: I could probably give you three because there's just like three main characters. Could you
0: tell me any of the characters on the space station besides Gerard Butler?
1: uh yes
0: one I bet you it's the same one which one
1: Fastbender. Fassbender. The, German, the German
0: lady. The but that's what's her name? Fassbender. Her last
1: name was Fassbender. Shut up! I kept was telling you really? that like the whole movie, but you're also kind of deaf sometimes. So. I,
0: well, I didn't understand it. I was like Fassbender. Who are you talking about? Oot, fat? Yeah, I guess you're right. Fassbender. All right. Okay. Good job. There. I just
1: like that they went with the German name of Fassbender. Fassbender.
0: <laughs> um, I literally couldn't tell you. I could tell you the. Main character's named Jake.
1: I could describe them. I could say French guy, Mexican Mexican guy, guy African lady, African lady, <laughs> uh, and British, British son of a bitch. Yeah.
0: Um, but then like for example, like the like the hacker lady girl, like the tech girl. Yeah. Who they try to
1: make you feel like is a big part of the like movie. Is like cool, but and she's not. She's on the screen for like ten minutes right. total. Like Right. Or the Asian guy. Do you think? I think it was probably pretty close to like 40% just scenes of like disasters happening.
0: Just ran, yeah. But, and the funniest part is these disasters had little to no actual impact on our main characters. Yeah. They're not uh,
1: nowhere near it. Like, no one lost like a loved one in the disaster. Nope. No one was like fighting for, you know. A loved one not to be killed nope. like
0: not till the very not till the literal very end
1: yeah and we won't we won't go too far into that yet to not yet no spoilers
0: but there are so many characters and there's so many cliche characters well they're all based too. on like gender or uh they're either based on gender or they're based on race yeah like you said like literally the the, the mexican guy in the space station his number one character trait is he's mexican Exactly. That's it. Like even
1: even a funny joke late in the movie that like our theater thought was hilarious, the
0: best brought the house down. Dude when he's was like,
1: rocking in his chair. He's Like don't like, forget
0: the Mexican saved you. Like people fucking blew up. Like it was the Apollo. Like it was <laughs> it was like it was amazing. I was and I looked over at you and I was just like big dumb grin on my face. And this is a side topic, but that
1: is why like these movies are so enjoyable to go to. On opening weekend, yes. In a packed theater, yes. Like the really bad, like, we, like you're one of your favorite movies, and I wouldn't put it in this category of movie, but Piranha,
0: Piranha 3, 3D, D, 3, not 3D, 3, double D, D. <laughs> not double D. Double D is a terrible film. <laughs> Piranha 3D is a great film. But seeing
1: those types of movies, like, I probably wouldn't want to watch it at home by myself, like on on tv or anything would, like that i would definitely but i absolutely enjoy like that's why i went to paranormal activity right opening weekend right in the or theater. like snakes on a plane absolutely
0: one of the best theater going experiences i ever had was but i would never go
1: to it and this is another separate tangent <laughs> to alamo draft house where they tell you not to yell at the it's screen true. and make outbursts which is a different topic it's but. true it's a
0: totally different topic but um this movie's insane. This movie doesn't give a fuck about science. And I guess you should have known that like coming in, like it's about a satellite that helps control inclement weather.
1: The only thing I wish is I like wish I could have gone and seen this sitting next to someone that was like a super right science nerd cuz I feel like I would have been able to feel the steam coming out of their head being just, just like this is just head. ridiculous like like
0: literally the the basis of the movie is that they have effectively built a net around the world
1: comprised of A bunch of satellites that are basically interconnected.
0: Yes. And it's literally like there are shots. And I leaned over and I asked you, I'm like, did they build a fucking net around the world? Pretty much. And And they they actually even call it.
1: They don't call it that until the very end where they basically say, like, there's the net, like when he goes back up. Right. After not being up there for a while, like, they're like, oh, we're going through the net or whatever, like, that kind of thing.
0: Like, and they just don't even, like, they don't even bother to explain how or how much money this costs. Like, it just is. They
1: gave you, like, one clip of, like, the initial ones being launched up into space. That's true. To stop the storms in the middle of it. That's true. Like, but you saw, like, four, and there's, like what seems to be like four thousand around the earth,
0: literally like literally thousands of these things around the earth and in a a shield and so not only does that science make no sense but space travel in general apparently is super fucking easy in this movie
1: well and it's pretty much it just seems like pretty much like driving on the freeway right And getting from Earth to space seems like basically taking the elevator up to the 10th floor. I
0: leaned over to you. I'm like, this is like SpaceX's wet dream. You know, I feel like
1: they were like, look, we can't make this movie two and a half hours. (laughs) So there's some things that we're just going to speed to. So just cut out all of the explanation. Like we're not going to have like... Okay someone's going up to space so like let's have some conversation inside the spaceship sure. while they're like making their way up and then cut to a different scene so like this no let's see them launch and then next scene they're in space. see them getting off the space shuttle they literally in the pull into station.
0: a hangar in space like it's Star Wars like, there's a, a sequence where a, a, a fucking space shuttle just zooms right up they, into the frame. They're
1: still using, like, Apollo, Apollo 13, like, space shuttles just instead of, like, all the important stuff that actually probably is inside of it. Right. It's, like, just like a loading dock out it's of a, Star Wars. Exactly. Like, basically looks like a freighter that you would fly, like a military freighter. It is
0: essentially a space shuttle that has been put—they put a few more windows on it. They curve the wings— and literally, the whole middle of it is just like passenger seating. Like Gerard Butler flies up, and he's the one guy on the shuttle. And this, it looks like it could seat conservatively 150 people,
1: possibly. Well, and 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 for some reason, they found a way to produce these shuttles on the cheap because there's when you look them. at Cape Canaveral, it's freaking like. 40 space there's shuttles so just waiting many. to launch and
0: they just launched like they don't have to wait for a weather window there's
1: not a whole like they control, control, the weather, control I guess. room of like okay we're gonna drop the boosters it's just fly up no the control the boosters, room was go half through.
0: filled the control room literally had like a skeleton crew of 12 people in it,
1: it like crazy. no one's sitting there nervously watching the and fine yeah i
0: mean obviously they've been doing this plenty but like okay, i guess <laughs> It's crazy. Not to mention the the economics of literally sending one guy into space.
1: Like, like that doesn't seem like a very like like they didn't even send him with like supplies no, for stay, space. No. The constant
0: jet fuel alone makes this trip not worth it.
1: Right? Well, I mean other than saving the whole earth.
0: I'm, well, I guess I guess when the earth is when it comes to there's only one man who can fix it and it's Ger- and it's Gerard Butler, which
1: can we talk about how really like Whoever was making this movie, like, are you trying to go for, like, badass? Right. Or are you trying to go for, like, guy who could actually come off as a scientist? Right. And I'm not making any kind of assumptions about Gerard Butler's intelligence, but he doesn't really give off the science nerd vibe. vibe. No. Like, and even in the opening scene when he's in front of, like, I guess the council around some committee committee some in Washington DC government committee. Like he's not even talking like intelligently. He's just his normal, like smart ass. Like he's like, I built Butler. this thing and yeah. you're taking all
0: the credit. Yeah. But yeah, like he literally is like, he's, it's like they wanted to give him the attitude of Bruce Willis and Armageddon, but then also like the genius of Billy Bob Thornton in Armageddon and that doesn't work like yeah. you can't be there is no such thing as like like a cowboy engineer yeah, like I mean, maybe there is. I'm sure that there is. I'm sure that there are engineers doing cowboy shit. Sure, but like Gerard Butler is Gerard Butler. He's fucking Olympus has fallen. He's an action hero. He's Leonidas. He's <laughs> goddamn Leonidas, and they have him giving dialogue like we need to reboot the system. And it's like, what the fuck? I'm still pretty sure
1: they had to teach him how to type, like with all of his fingers when he's on it. <laughs> right. And actually, they don't even show him typing on it normally. Like he's hidden behind the screen on the you, laptop. I don't think ever
0: see his. <laughs> Fingers because typing. I'm
1: pretty sure Gerard Butler probably types with two fingers
0: well that's speaking of computers like for a movie called Geostorm about nature there are is a fuckload of computers in this movie it is like every scene is a computer
1: oh yeah it, every- f-
0: I, I, it felt like
1: there's so many computer
0: screenshots, like hacking shots, right? And all that kind of like stuff. Like the VFX company that was hired to create the bullshit interfaces that you see, like, oh, can you look into these files? And you know that shit's generated, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> well, and the funny thing was, is when the the hacker girl is hacking, it's like it looks like coding today. Sure. And, like, actually looks even more basic than coding today. Uh, And, but then, like, the way that they, like, pull up these screens are on these cool, like, pull out, like, visual, like, super, like, CGI screens. And you're, like, you've got, like, Windows Vista machines. And then you've got these, like, futuristic. These Tony
0: Stark iPhone screens that literally start out the size of a pen and
1: And then then expand out into something that you can and they call
0: them something they call them like a data viewer or some bullshit like that but it's just like that's just they don't even explain it it's just we're gonna go with it yep and i respect that (laughs) i still am gonna call them out on it but i respect that there are so many computers in this movie like it is so much about like oh we gotta you know in a movie that has to fight the weather There is a lot of, like, we need to look back at the logs. And for you and me in our business, we do technology. We work in technology. And one of the things that is important to a lot of people is being able to go back and look at the history. So I particularly found that funny because I'm like, you fucking idiots should not have made a a program that makes it this hard to go back and look into history. (laughs) Like, they're pulling... They're actually pulling physical hard drives from satellites. Like, you. space travel has been conquered. You've built a net around the Earth, and yet you're telling me all of these satellites are running on individual well, hard drives? Well, Fuck you. Well,
1: and that's, that's the thing, too, about this movie that makes it comical in so many places is, like, for all these advances— I mean, we figured out how to uh, create a netting around that can manipulate the right. weather— Yet there's some things that are like so analog and dated, like it's pull the switch, (laughs) pull the switch or like it's going to take 60 seconds to upload this code to you. Like and things like that. It's like. You're telling me that we have all these advances, but some of these things are even less efficient than today's world. It's like they had to manufacture these issues to create more drama. Right. And. That's you know to me just another sign of a, a bad movie. Yep. But when it's done to an extreme, it becomes so bad it's funny.
0: So bad it's funny, and and I think that you know obviously I want to get into spoilers a little bit because there are some real doozies of a scene of scenes that that I don't want to spoil. Even though I can't imagine the great many of you are in a rush to go out and see Geo Storm, but if you're gonna do it, like you should do it before it's third weekend yeah. like you should do it when there's s- going
1: to be a good crowd inside of it
0: yeah do it do it when there's going to be a good crowd be- and and just go in knowing that listen if you watch sharknado you can handle this like it's dumb as hell but it's also entertaining as hell like it's i don't even it's a it's a good bad movie it's not yeah. a great bad movie it certainly doesn't even hit my top 5 But I certainly enjoyed a lot of the ridiculousness of it.
1: Also, if you want to get drunk during the movie, you could play a drinking game where every time the word geostorm is either shown on the screen or mentioned in conversation. Which,
0: yeah, we need to say it. A geostorm is not a fucking thing. (laughs) That doesn't exist. Like, a geostorm is basically like if they were to call, like, global warming, like, Earth hell. Like it's it, it's a fake fucking fairy tale made up name oh, for something oh. that never doesn't exist.
1: Well, and that that brings up a, a final thing, too, before we go into spoilers of <laughs> I think this movie was trying to be a little bit preachy in a little f- in a few spots of like like global warming. Well, at the beginning, like, they use real footage of like the earth, like like things you'd see in a global warming. Like, like PSA. PSA. Uh, and then
0: suddenly, like, it's real footage, it's real footage, like, that's real, that's real, that's real. And then all of a sudden, they're like, uh, New York was flooded. Just like that. Yeah. Or, uh, two million people died in Spain. And I leaned yeah. over to you, and I'm like, wow, that that escalated quickly.
1: Yeah. It went from, like, icebergs, like, falling off to, like, just mass casualties.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, so if you... Uh,
1: if you want to see a
0: bad movie and if you, you want to en- go ju- in and
1: celebrate it... If you enjoy these types of films, you will not be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. But don't go into it thinking it's the next great like action Fuck, sci-fi. No.
0: no, it's not at all. And that leads us into spoilers, of which there are many. Most of which I just kind of want to ask you what some of your favorite things are, because that's all I did. Like I literally just wrote a list of things that were amazing to me that I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like the fact that the international climate space station had a self destruct built in and they do, they do try to explain that away. But are you fucking kidding me? A self destruct that can't be stopped.
1: I love when he's like, why did you put a self destruct? Well, if it was crashing towards the earth. We wanted to be able to blow it up. I guess. Which then brought me to, so you wanted to blow up this and create a bunch of like shrapnel falling to the earth. Which. Versus one thing falling to the earth. And granted, a big thing. Sure. But. It makes more sense to blow it up and just create scattered shrapnel falling from the sky That's
0: one of the biggest things that we're when we're talking about how this movie doesn't give a fuck about science Like you watch a movie like gravity and people picked apart that movie and they were like, oh The Chinese space station is this many miles above the rotation and and stuff like that At least gravity treated debris like in a realistic way This movie has so much debris that might as well be cotton candy (laughs) Like, there are moments where they're in spacesuits, which are not the most rugged thing to be in. And they're literally flying by... through glass. Yes. <laughs> and metal. And explosions. And I'm just, they'd be dead 17,000 times over. It's yeah. crazy to me. Um, probably my favorite part of the whole movie is when they kept cutting. I mean, theres I have a lot of favorite parts of this movie. But one of my favorites is how they kept cutting to the news feed the news broadcast and inexplicably there is a fucking news camera in space because it was always a shot of the space station like a full clear shot of the space station as if some camera helicopter was flying you know yeah they were beside it it it
1: was like something like the news the news clips were like there's a problem in the space station a helicopter like flying over a building that's on fire just It was in space, (laughs) working at a space station. Where are you
0: getting that footage from?
1: And that footage stayed there pretty much until the last part of the
0: movie when the space station completely blew up. Just explodes. Not only does it self-destruct, so not only does this thing explode, but it explodes in sequence so it slowly explodes it takes like a good half hour for it to <laughs> it's ex- like there's a self-destruct and it's like oh this part's gonna blow up first and this part's gonna blow up first Which, why would you build a self-destruct like that well
1: and with with their explanation too of why they built the self-destruct button like why if it's hurling towards the earth and your goal of self-destruct is to blow it up before it hits the earth why would you have it take like 30 minutes for it when we've already established that going up to space takes like 15 minutes? Right. Right.
0: And it it doesn't it take like 2 hours because I shit you not there's a geostorm countdown <laughs> and that countdown's like 3 hours. It's also
1: funny how like you get two two countdowns. In, in the main climax, you get the self-destruct, which we never see like a time on it. No, it's We're just... We're told it's self-destructing and it's going to do one section at a time. Right, Which
0: is the worst design self-destruct I don't ever.
1: understand. And then the other countdown you're given from the start is this Geostorm countdown, which is like Fast and the Furious, what is it, five... Airplane runway scene-esque. Oh, yes. When <laughs> you're six. like... Six. Nine, five was six, Rio. Five was Rio. So when you have an airplane on a takeoff runway <laughs> for literally half an hour of the movie, and this is like literally 40 minutes of the movie of a 20-minute countdown. It's absolutely
0: insane. It's absolutely insane. And and not to mention like it shows like the Geostorm global picture. And apparently, only the land is affected. Yeah. Like, like we're not going to mention the fact that the entire Pacific Ocean was boiled twenty degrees above, and all fish life is dead.
1: I I also like the way they chose to like, like basically, I think they were just trying to like do the opposite of what that area was known for. So like, yes, Rio. Yes, it's literally Rio got like the ice wave. Yep. Uh, Dubai got like the the, the, wave, the tidal the tsunami, wave. and that somehow can like knock over giant skyscrapers which I know you were a big fan of I was uh, um yeah <clears throat> Orlando, though, got basically a rainstorm, which I was like... A
0: lightning storm. Orlando got Orlando weather. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically it was just like a bad Orlando. Like, it wasn't even a hurricane. It was just lightning. Yeah. Um, and then Russia which, got...
0: Which, we need to say for a second, blew up an entire stadium. Yes,
1: it was explosive lightning. Like, like apparently it, this lightning was lined with dynamite because one lightning strike, two... They couldn't even use the actual <laughs> name of the arena, which I believe is the Amway Center. It is. It, they
0: call it the Moxley Center or the something Moxley like that. Moxley
1: Center, which I don't even know what that's referring to. We probably should have looked that up and see if Moxley refers I have to anything. No clue. But regardless, that was where the Democratic National Convention was being held, mm-hmm. which I also kind of laughed at because it would never be held in Orlando from that standpoint. No, no fucking way. <laughs> um, but one big lightning strike blows up an arena like was this arena lined with like gasoline it just exploded like it was
0: full of napalm
1: and then like like at least like when the lightning struck like a flipped over car you could maybe rationalize that it like struck the gas tank right. and you could call it that way but right. a giant sports arena blowing up in a lightning strike yes like
0: <laughs> what how and
1: my favorite of all the disasters and we didn't mention the ones in Asia uh, or the tornadoes in India. My favorite was the giant laser beam to Russia. Like it was it's like straight up is. Austin Powers, like fire to laser. It's
0: like a heat ray from It's literally the heat ray from die another day. But the funny thing about it was like,
1: I think they just in their in their creative meetings, they must have said. Okay, so this satellite is going to make the weather hot. Like, we can't just have people, like, passing out on the street no. due to heated exhaustion. Even though that's exactly what happened earlier in, in Spain. the movie. In Spain. That's, that's not dramatic enough for no. the climax of our movie. So we're just going to turn this satellite into a giant laser.
0: <laughs> like, and not to mention the fact that, like... I'm pretty sure that this fucking satellite wouldn't affect earthquakes, it wouldn't affect volcanoes. Like those are not beholden to typical weather patterns. Like I don't think I don't think the weather causes earthquakes. No, it does not. Like if it's cloudy out, it doesn't cause an earthquake. No, it does not. Um you know, talking about all the disasters though, with as many main characters as this movie had, it has surprisingly low body count for a disaster film. And literally the two ma- biggest characters that died, if I remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, were not killed by weather. One was killed by a car because a bad guy pushed him into traffic, mm-hmm. and the other was sucked out into space because he shot a a, a window yep. in, at the space station. Yep. None of the major characters, with the exception of the unnamed henchman, died due to weather. Yep. And I just think that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, and then you really only witnessed, like, I think maybe four specific
0: deaths of characters. Of people of instead people? of just crowds because crowds. crowds are wiped the fuck out. Millions of people die in this movie. Sure. Those tornadoes, those floods, the freezing. Also, by the way, all those locations you mentioned, all of the extras, a lot of white people. A lot of white people. A lot of white people, <laughs> of white people in Rio. A lot of white people I think in Dubai. One, I think the only
1: one that maybe stuck to, like the the race that would actually be in that city was probably uh india cuz yeah, i think yeah. you pretty much only saw indian yeah. people in there but the uh the the characters you had the random dude that like apparently uploads the virus which also confused me because it was one satellite that he uploaded the virus which apparently corrupted all of the other ones i guess and then he randomly gets sucked out so i guess the bad guys were like cleaning up their work the funny thing about it too is i guess the guy doing it was the british guy pulling all the strings because it's the only like technical bad guy you got because you had and we called it the within 30 seconds of him being on the screen that Ed Harris was going to be the bad guy. Ed Harris shows
0: up and we're like, Ed Harris is in this movie? Ed Harris is definitely the bad guy. When you
1: don't market a big-name person, and then they show... Especially after Westworld? And then they show up in the movie, you can pretty much guarantee they did that because... They're the bad. They're guy. the bad guy. And you, they didn't want you to know they were the and bad Ed guy.
0: And Ed Harris shows up and he's apparently some government guy who we don't find out is the secretary of state until literally the end of the goddamn movie when the president says, it can't be him. He's the secretary of state. <laughs> we're like, what? How? When? When did that happen? Yeah. But yeah, I think that the British guy up in the space station was like his inside guy. Yeah. I think that was he was like his man, his man up upstairs. To make it all happen because, again, this technology is so archaic that you can only fucking work it if you're up in space, which doesn't make sense. But
1: the funny thing is, is as true as that is, they were saying you have to go up into space to fix this. Right. At the end of the movie, when the space station blows up, they say they pass the controls down to NASA in Orlando, which I'm like, why
0: didn't we just pass the controls to NASA a long time ago?
1: God damn it.
0: Okay, two other things I want to mention before we wrap this up. Number one, there is a moment in this film when Ed Harris goes full bad guy and they're trying to kill the president amidst a giant lightning storm and he opens up the trunk and pulls out a rocket launcher and I did not expect it and I absolutely loved it. I was just like, of course, of course we're going to have a rocket. Why is there a rocket launcher in this movie? What is happening?
1: Also, another favorite scene of mine when the, I think it's probably the, the second, you know, sign of a geostorm coming and malfunctioning. Is it the Was heat the thing? heated yeah. pipes underneath
0: Tokyo, I think. China. I mean, Hong Kong.
1: Okay, Hong yeah. Kong. Um, Got to get that China audience. That's right. <laughs> is the, they have almost like a escape, like uh, high speed chase. Like a car chase. Like, car chase basically is how it's filmed. Yeah. And he's in a freaking smart car. (laughs) And then later, the only other car used in a high speed chase is a self driving taxi, which, to their credit, has a Mercedes symbol on the front. They did get that Mercedes, but also has a giant like car wrap that talks about how it's electric.
0: Like, there's a scene where it cuts to and the henchman's driving a Nissan Altima.
1: Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Apparently, this movie had no money for cars. No, because because every other car is indescript and just is falling off of overpasses. The cars that get destroyed
0: look like they're from GTA. Like, they look like they're a version of like a Nissan Skyline, but they're definitely not. Well,
1: and they were always like very like prototypical to the region. Like, when you were in Japan, like, it was a bunch of Nissan GTRs that were like, yes, generic though. Yes. And then like, You were in the U.S. and it was like all a bunch of like American, like generic. Just normal sedans. Yes.
0: Um, The very last thing that I want to make before we wrap this up is this does have a wonderful. And we haven't even touched on like the code scene. The talking in code, which is fucking bananas. We haven't mentioned. I still don't understand how that code worked. It's like literally, I'm, uh, fuck it, let's talk about it. Like literally he starts the the story. There's a scene in the movie where Gerard Butler is talking to his brother, Max. Max is the man down on the ground coordinating everything. Ger- Gerard Butler's up in, in the space station. And he's like, I need to tell you a story. And he's like, you remember when dad put the cell phone down And he wanted to tell us about this thing. We are going fishing. And 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 then he told this whole story about fishing and spies and shit like that. And it didn't make any goddamn sense until what he did is, is he was, Max goes back and he's like, the cell phone number is the cipher. So he remembers his dad's cell phone number. And apparently it's like the cell phone number is however many words. Like you pick out, if this first number is nine, then the first word in this code is nine letters or nine words in. So it's like, hi, my name is Bob, and I love you, David. So the code word would be David or you or whatever. It would take
1: me literally, like, multiple hours to think of a story. Like, Gerard Butler would have had to have rehearsed that, like, 18 times. Yes. Because he didn't have something in front of him when he was telling the story. Just straight up told the fucking story. Just straight up, like, just talks, and it's like... I I understand, like, Gerard Butler is apparently this, like, genius, so maybe he can do it on the fly. And they but... said that, oh, we had a code when we were kids. But it's not like it was, like, we're speaking, like, a, a made-up language to each other. No. It's like we have a system for it. But that still doesn't make it any easier to speak this I'm code. telling
0: you a story within a story. And then he gives the code to the to computer girl. And the computer girl's like, what, did a 12-year-old write this? Like, it's fucking simple. It's not simple. No. It's super complex. It's and they run complex. it through the computer. And then, okay, so that code is insane. That whole sequence is insane that they do it that way. Um, but Andy Garcia does not disappoint. He does get one great line. And it's literally – it's like, he, like every – I don't know why every president movie doesn't have this in. But when they capture Ed Harris and he's like, who the hell do you think you are? Andy Garcia just looks at him and he just goes, I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. <laughs> and it's amazing. And I laugh so hard because it's supposed to be so badass and Andy Garcia delivers it like a badass. But it's so fucking goofy and you just can't help but love it even though it's not great. I loved it. I, I, It's, it was every, it's, it's everything I wanted it to be. I, I'm, I, I'm certainly not disappointed.
1: It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's nice to be able to go as a change of pace. Like I wouldn't want to watch those movies like every time I go to the theaters. God, no. But it's nice to go to a movie and just enjoy it for all its terribleness and ridiculousness and not have to be like so invested into the movie. Like, I love those movies because like I had no problem sitting
0: there talking to you a good chunk of the film. Well, everyone around us was super fucking loud. Special shout out to the family next to us who let their two bullshit kids literally play cell phone games throughout the entire goddamn movie. Don't ever go to a movie again.
1: And then got up with like a minute and a half left. Movie's not done yet. And walked in front of everybody in our row. And then (laughs) left.
0: Movie's not done yet. Credits haven't even started rolling. But they're like, I got to go. I got to beat the Saturday crowd. Jesus. I think that about does it, David. Is there anything else that you might think that we want to add here? No, I think that was a good time. All right. As always. Do us a favor, follow us on social media. You can find us at The Popcorn Diet on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, to find all of our episodes, all of our written reviews and articles, and then do us a big, big favor, like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends, your family. You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to us. You give us a like, you give us a recommendation, that helps us out a ton, but for the Canadian machine mr david melhorn my name is rick williamson your very best good movie buddy and hopefully the next time we talk we're going to be talking about a really good movie on the popcorn diet adios